from you who would you like to hear as a guest on the podcast send me an email at matt at wisefoolpod.com or direct message me on instagram or facebook the entire world is now available through virtual recordings and i want to take advantage of that i want to talk to people in south america asia and africa give me some names and contacts of professional people that work in different aspects and different elements of the art world You can also help by supporting our network through our Patreon account. You can find us at patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash the wise fool, all one word. If you enjoy the conversations and the insights that you gain from the guests, I would appreciate a five-star rating and please tell your friends to listen and subscribe also. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I know that one of my weaknesses is my inability at self-promotion. So here we go. If after hearing this conversation, you want to know more about me and my artwork, please go to my website, matthewdoles.com. M-A-T-T-H-E-W-D-O-L-S.com. Thanks. Please pronounce your name correctly for me. Well, as a model, I perform as K3, but in Poland, you can also call me Kasia or Katarzyna. Okay. And is, is Re your actual name or is no, this, no, again, no. sort of a, a stage like name? Elias, yeah. Okay. So how did you even enter in? So you as a general, you do fashion modeling, you do lingerie, you do nude modeling. How did you even enter into this industry? Well, it's kind of a few stage answer every time when someone is asking me about my like beginnings in modeling, because basically as a kid, I was never thinking about it like seriously, but I was getting uh, some kind of compliments that I'm really tall and that I should try to perform on stage doing modeling, whatever, but I was never really believing that, to be honest. And the first time ever when I had somehow like connection to modeling was when I was probably 19 or 20. And it was like totally private. I wanted to do the like the gift for my boyfriend and to uh, produce the calendar with myself wearing sexy lingerie and I asked my uh, friend from studies I knew that she is a photographer and I asked her if she can take pictures of me in lingerie and she said that yeah she can try so we did it and I put a few pictures online as well, like for my new profile picture, this kind of stuff for Facebook. And some people started to approach me and ask if I do modeling, if I would like to do modeling for them as well. Mm-hmm. So this is how it started as a hobby. For me, it was like really surprising that someone wants to take pictures of me. Uh, but I was doing it from time to time and because it's like very much in my personality, I was bragging a lot that I do modeling, <laughs> but it was just like a hobby. 
And the second level of my turning into like serious modeling happened when maybe like two years after that, we were traveling with my boyfriend uh, in Europe because originally I was born and raised in Belarus. And uh, for me, like traveling to Lithuania, Latvia, Poland, it was like very exotic five years back, six years back. So we were traveling and we had the invitation from our friends to the rock festival in Poland. And at this rock festival, I met the photographer just in the crowd of people. He approached us and he asked what we are doing and we started to talk. And he said that he's a photographer. And as a kind of a joke, I respond that I'm a model then. And he asked if I have a few pictures. So I showed him those few pictures that I already did. And he said that he liked it. And he invited me to Poland to shooting event, which I was really afraid to join because I had no idea what is that. But somehow I got there. I was brave enough. <laughs> and this event it, basically- It sounds quite scary. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. It was a little bit scary, and that's why I had to found the friend of mine who was able to travel with me to this event. So it was like to ensure myself that I have an option to escape if something will go wrong. But basically, it was like the photo meeting when, I don't know, it was maybe 20, 30 people who gathered in one beautiful location like countryside hotel, something like that. And they were shooting for the entire weekend with each other. So I was the only foreigner there. I was the only person who is not speaking Polish. And somehow still, I managed to have a lot of fun there. And since then, I started to think about modeling more seriously. And I met there a lot of photographers. I met there other, other models. So basically, they gave me this idea that it's possible to, to do it like a job. In that you mentioned that your first uh, experience doing modeling was with a female photographer. Yeah. I always wonder, because I'm a photographer and I hire models, what, what their, the models' opinions of sort of working with female versus male photographers. Is mm -hmm. it one more enticing, more exciting, more, you know, what's the, what's the experience and how do they differ? Well, for starting modeling, I wasn't really thinking about such an option to pose to the guy. But now I have like totally different mindset. So for me, it's not such a big difference between collaborating or working with a, mo uh, with a photographer who is a male or a female. But definitely at some level, there is much more trust I would say when you shoot with the female in this field of sensual photography, nude photography, because us girls know how we would like to see ourselves in pictures that we don't want to show, what we want to show better. All of us know like best angles and so on. So usually when I'm working with female photographers, I know that those pictures will be like nicer, let's say, not from the perspective of art or whatever. It's just like more safe pictures where I will not be afraid to pose more crazy or something like that, because like there is no 
possible offense from the girl, something like that. But in general, it only matters with the new person because when you know photographer a little bit longer, when you had a few sessions or if you know this person just as a person in advance, then basically you can trust to male photographer totally the same. How did you come to doing nude modeling? Because like, I'm a man, I don't know anything about it. I've never mm-hmm. been a nude model. And so it's how, you know, how, it, was it something you just did initially and you just said, yes, I'm going to do it? Was it something that you grew into? Like maybe you started with lingerie and started with fashion and then sort of became more comfortable with something? Um, how did, or, you know, how did it um, become the sort of thing that you do more often? Well, actually, it's also a funny story because when I started this hobby part of photography, uh, part of modeling, I was searching for photographers online in those groups where like amateur models are looking for amateur photographers and so on. One of my first photo shoots, probably it was the second photo shoot after the very first one. Uh, there was a guy who offered me to shoot lingerie and fashion outdoors like in the nature and the idea was like totally fine with me so i found some outfits at home which i was thinking will be like matching to the situation to my imagination of what is sexy what is sensual what is cool and because i wasn't really modeling much i wasn't really into fashion that much the selection of stuff, I realized that later, wasn't really so good. But we met with this photographer, we started to make some pictures, and after some time, he took pictures of me in the outfit that I brought. So it was purple lingerie with skin color stockings. And those stockings were a little bit, um, how to call it, like ripped behind. So when you pose standing with your face to the photographer, he don't see that something is wrong with stockings. But if you turn back, then it's visible that stockings are basically not good looking. So he took a picture and he showed it to me. And I saw that the lingerie is not really matching to my body, that like it's not really looking flattering because the size of it is not really good. I don't know how to explain it. It wasn't just looking good at me, this lingerie. And the stockings are really looking funny together with the set of lingerie and with the like field uh, with, I don't know, flowers, something. And the guy said, don't you think this same picture but without any outfit would look better? And it wasn't any kind of, um, how to call it? He wasn't trying to trick me into nudity. It was just... Which it sounds like. (laughs) Yeah, it could sound like that, but it was absolutely true because the outfit that I had was absolutely silly to the location that we have. And I realized that if I do it nude, it would be much better picture. So I agreed and we started to shoot nude. And basically this is how I started. But I also have to mention that for me, it was never like a big deal because I was studying at art school. I saw a lot of nude art in paintings and photography, whatever. 
since my very early childhood. So I wasn't really that much nervous about the fact that I will have nude pictures as some other people could be. Oh, it would scare the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's quite possible. But, you know, we were studying art. We were drawing a lot at school. So, well, we wasn't really drawing nude people, but we were drawing people with like minimum clothes. So basically I was like never stressed about this part. If you had a choice even today, like what would be your choice? So like, let's say you got to create a shoot that you wanted to do and, and manifest instead of the photographer, the stylist, or the client in whatever way coming in and dictating, would, would mm -hmm. you choose to do high fashion, glamour, nude, sort of what's your interest? Well, actually it changes all the time. And I can already see how my taste changed since last year or two years or three years ago. I used to enjoy very elaborate photos when it's a lot of work with um, like crazy makeup, with uh, elaborate hairstyles, with fashion outfits, because this was something very different from my everyday life. And for me, it was like really cool play to see myself in different role, to see how I could possibly look with the help of many stylists. Later, I was also very fond of fairy tale photos. So like princess with very long hair, with some kind of magic Photoshop tricks. Currently, I'm interested in absolutely different stuff, in very natural lifestyle pictures, which basically don't require any preparation. And this is like my model dream to be photographed just in normal situations. So it's not always possible because I don't have the photographer with me when I'm, let's say, making breakfast or I don't know, reading book at home or going outside. But those pictures now are the most inspiring for me. When I see something like that, like very natural pictures of relaxed women, uh, not trying to pretend someone else, this is what I would like to do right now. Which brings up an interesting question because I, on your social media, you do a lot of like selfies and things like yeah. this. So it is being the sort of the, the photographer and doing self portraits. Is this something that you're also interested in? Well, uh, with self-portraits, this wasn't really my idea. Somehow uh, this happened because other people were, were like motivating me to do it, encouraging me. In Instagram, for instance, uh, when I post selfies, I get a lot of positive feedback comparing to professional photos because selfies are like in one style, which probably is liked by my followers and photos like professional photos they are done by different photographers and sometimes probably they they differ from tastes of my followers so because everyone is motivated by positive feedback i started to do more and more of selfies and it also turned into this daily nudes project which i started basically also as a joke and now it's already 98 selfies that I 
did during this year, the nude selfies that I'm doing by myself. Are those available online? Those are, um, wait, I know where they are. They're on your Patreon account, yeah. aren't they? They're on Patreon, but I think, I don't know actually what will happen after this project will be done because the plan is to do, to do 300 pictures. But I want to either publish it in some small form, like I was doing calendars, probably I will do something like that with those photos. Sometimes I'm showing it on Instagram, but all the collection is on Patreon right now. Okay, I'm interested in Patreon. How is, how is that working for you? How long have you been using Patreon? Does it, you know, does it work well? What are you, what, what have you learned about utilizing this sort of, uh, you know, group funded kind of process to help support your job? Okay, Patreon is basically a long story and complicated story, and I can talk during like I know three four different podcasts about Patreon and still will not run out of thoughts about it uh, because like right now it's my only paid job as I'm a travel model and I'm not traveling basically the only thing which supports me financially right now is just Patreon but I was never really a big fan of it from the perspective of a nude model I totally appreciate Patreon for other artists and I also follow different artists on Patreon like, I don't know, illustrators or uh, bloggers. Mm, I have never been, been following other models actually, but photographers. So basically different artists who are not connected with this nudity, this field of erotism, sensuality and so on. But for myself, I was never really uh, into it because I don't really want to be connected in minds of followers and minds of society with the opinion that I am the girl who just shows nudes for money because it doesn't really sound so flattering. <laughs> Right, which is sort of my question about using these kinds of these kinds of uh, methods of income. That that there is that sort of change from being a muse and being a model and being a collaborator and creating art into sort of just being a a product in, that yeah. you're selling. Absolutely, and also I'm thinking a lot about it right now because basically now it's the only thing I do. Uh, I noticed that it's changed in my own work that I'm now looking at my pictures from the perspective if it will be likable on social media, like on Instagram and on Patreon, or like previously I was much more thinking if it's something new, if it's an art, if, it's, if it has any kind of artistic value. Now I just think about is it pretty if my followers gonna like it or not and I'm trying to uh, control those thoughts and to not go only into this flow let's say but of course there is a little bit of it in this side of work maybe for some people it works better for others it doesn't matter at all what you are showing on patreon but in general, there are a lot of different ways what you can do with Patreon being a model. 
and some people are using it like this is how i started to use my own patreon uh, as a platform where you don't need to worry about censorship because basically there are no other platforms where you can show your art without those risks of being banned so i started my patreon as a platform where for a very small amount of money i can show all my work without any stress but later it transformed into some extra tires where i'm doing some behind the scenes where i'm doing those selfies where i'm doing my self-portrait series and yeah of course on patreon it goes much better so it's just the reality yeah i mean that's one of the big interests i have about someone who does your job i mean you're a traveling model so like to a certain extent and just to be clear you're a freelance model you don't work with any agency correct yeah that's true okay so you just like you choose to go places or you know book things with particular photographers or other artists and you sort of just travel around on hope and a prayer that they're going to be professional and they're going to pay you on time and all this kind of stuff i mean it's i picture that as a, a reasonably stressful lifestyle well a little bit that's true but also if you do it for some time you are so used to those risks that you don't really notice it like obviously i'm always a little bit nervous when i'm meeting the new photographer when i don't have enough information about him but in general it's not that much risk as it was at the beginning sure do i've got a question that i've always wondered so as a photographer who has hired models in the past do models talk to each other about photographers yeah absolutely (laughs) actually a couple of weeks ago i was invited to the facebook group run by another model who is like much more experienced than me and it's like amazing because i wasn't like before that i was talking with other models only occasionally when we are at some job together so we have some time to gossip but now there is this Facebook group where girls are discussing all the uh, details of our job, like the rates, the uh, habits of photographers, the policies of traveling, policies of cancellation, like just everything. And yeah, of course, we discuss photographers. We discuss either very good examples and very bad examples and very funny examples, just everything. That's good to know because I mean, we all we all do that to each other. So yeah. What so the nature of traveling? So you said early on you traveled with a companion, sort of yeah. to to be safe at that first one in Poland. What what happened in your sort of growth and your experiences when you suddenly got to the point where you're like, okay, I don't need a companion. I can do this myself. And then you know, have you run into any issues over your travels or? And have you had any really magnificent experiences? Well, with traveling companions, I stopped travel with someone basically because no one else has that much time to travel with me if for me it's a job and for my friends it's just vacations. So it would be too complicated to manage my working schedule, my plan for let's say going for one week to France 
with the schedules of my friends who just have a weekend, for example. Actually, I was never traveling alone before modeling. And my first model tour was also supported with my friends. So we started it together. It was in Berlin. And after Berlin, I traveled alone to Brussels, where I had friends who were living in Brussels. So I arrived alone, but still I was with my friends at their house. And after this first travel, I gained a little bit more confidence. So I was able to travel on my own as well. And do you have any sort of exact like stories from some of your shoots or specifically also like locations that you were like, this was just a magical trip? Basically, most of those trips end up being magical because this is what I really like about my job, that I meet people every day. It's someone new and someone interesting because all of those people are already selected through this filter of art interest. So all the photographers that I'm meeting usually have some topics that we can discuss together. So we are already like a little bit knowing each other. We are already a little bit friends. So this is really nice. And thanks to that, I had a lot of opportunities to spend really good time with those people, even though they are basically just hiring me. So I had really a lot of awesome memories from shootings where I was taken to some cool locations like, I don't know, palaces, castles, nature, mountains, seashores. Basically from every trip I can tell a lot of such experiences. Let me think about something particular. Like recently I was in Asia like the last trip before lockdown, I was two, almost two months in Thailand, in uh, Singapore and Indonesia. And uh, what was there the most fun? Let me think. Oh, yeah. For example, there was a story when photographer picked me up by the motorbike in Bali. Like everyone is driving with motorbike there. And the plan was to shoot the sunrise somewhere at the beach. And for me, it's still quite exotic because in Europe, I don't really do a lot of this. It's not so available, like when you are living on the island. So I was really looking forward to some romantic shoots with a long dress, you know, sunrise. And of course, I did the makeup, I did the hair early in the morning, like five probably in the morning. So the guy picks me up. We take this motorbike and we go to the place. But we didn't really know that this place uh, at the sea will be down from the mountain and you have to hike to this place. But uh, on the way from where we parked the motorbike down to the sea, there was, I don't know, maybe 100 meters of red mud. And we started to walk through this mud and our shoes totally soaked in and all my clothes and all my luggage, everything was covered in this mud finally. So it wasn't like the beautiful photo shoot, but the adventure we had behind it was really fun. Uh, we didn't manage to do any good pictures that day, but 
the view that we have seen but didn't approach because the mud just blocked us on the way to the sea was really beautiful. Nice. So when you approach a, a shoot, are you, when a photographer comes to you or are you always hired by photographers or are there sometimes clients or other people? Uh, like 90% of time it's photographers and also 90% of time it's like private photo shoots. It's non-commercial basis. Okay. Yeah. That, well, I'm actually, I have a question about that as yeah. well, which is, do you like, for instance, for example, I know there's a very common thing in Europe to do the workshops yeah. uh, and have models there versus individual shoots, just sort of, you know, model photographer. Do you have a preference or do you enjoy workshops or individual shoots more? Well, it's a good question because there are pros and cons in both of it. Most of models do workshops because it's a little bit necessary for self-promotion because usually workshops are held by really big names and good photographers. So usually you really want to take this opportunity to appear at someone's portfolio, let's say. And also it's the possibility to meet more possible clients because at the workshop, it's usually multiple photographers who would hire you probably in the future. But also uh, during the workshop, you use much more energy uh, you work much harder and um, still you get more or less the same rate like the individual photo shoot. So sometimes it's fun. I really enjoy working with a big team. So when it's a workshop, it's a little bit more action going on. I really enjoy it. But after the workshop, I'm usually much more tired than after just the individual photo shoot understandable so when you're working with uh or when you're approached by a photographer do you have a preference like so basically like i could imagine some photographers would basically just hire you as um a, 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 an object basically to fulfill mm -hmm. their artistic idea whereas some others might want you to be more uh, creative and expressive and sort of do your own thing where and then i'm sure there's also a sort of a highest level i would hope or assume that there's a, a collaborative uh nature to the relationship between you and the photographer i think it's also like the part of personality of different models so in my case, I'm kind of a dictator, even if not in purpose, but usually I dictate quite a lot how I see myself in the picture. Not even by saying that or giving orders to the photographer, but by the way I'm posing. So I move quite a lot. I experiment quite a lot during the photo shoot. So it's very rare when I'm really just an object on the photo shoot. Of course, I can do it and I have absolutely nothing against that, but very rare it happens when photographer really wants me in this role. So maybe only when it's like a product photography, when I do lookbooks, catalogs and this kind of stuff. And even though I can try to do a little bit of experiment on this field, but most of the time it's 
creation in both sides. It's photographers' ideas and it's my ideas. And this is also the, how to call it, it's like the mark for me, how professional is the photographer, how experienced is the photographer. If he only takes my ideas and just pushes the button, let's say, or if he also has his own thoughts about how it should look. And the best um, collaboration, the best contact is when the photographer takes what I'm giving him, takes the ideas, takes the poses that I'm giving, and also works on what I'm giving him. So when I'm giving the idea, I get the response from the photographer with his vision of this idea. So this is like the perfect world, the perfect photo shoot. Nice. Do you only work with photographers? Have you ever worked with any other artists like painters, sculptors, anything like this? Uh, with painters, I tried at the very beginning of my modeling at the time of uh, this invitation to the photo event and so on. I was basically trying everything for what I was invited because I had quite a lot of time and interest. So I had two experiences, one more positive, one disappointing. So uh, I took part in an exhibition as a model for a female photographer and female painter. They were working together. So first I was photographed and later the painter was making something like the icon. So I was posing the in the style icon. of the icon. Yeah. And later the photographer was doing the photo shoot with me and the painting. So this was pretty cool and very artistic. And the exhibition was also something very nice to see yourself in. And the second experience was like real posing to the artist. Like, like we know from the history how muses were basically working. And I was really, really disappointed because uh, the, uh, the artist, the painter, had really a lot of ideas he was talking really nice and his ideas was really interesting and he was also preparing the exhibition and probably it even happened i don't know uh, but every time i was visiting him and i was spending like a couple of hours in his studio he was painting me next time i was coming he has already different idea so we were starting from scratch and next time i was coming he again had different idea or he had no mood so we were just sitting and talking and the next time i'm coming he's busy with uh, another model who is posing for him so basically he wasn't really managing well his time and the time of models who were uh, working for him for free because this was just like an art collaboration so after a month probably or a little bit more i decided that i cannot spent more time on it because I already started to have like paid jobs and I quit. And since then, I don't know if the project finally came to the exhibition level or the guy just stopped. Yeah. Okay. So photographers got it. And videographers. <laughs> I noticed you do some videos yeah. as well. Yeah. Videos I do. And it's a lot of fun for me. I really like it. And that leads to sort of this, uh, this question of like, 
some models are really amazing at basically like striking a pose and holding it, whereas mm -hmm. other models are very expressive and they're constantly moving. And in that expressiveness and that motion, they come up with the most magnificent poses that they couldn't have thought of and planned out. So it sounds like you're more of the moving kind of a model. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Technical question for the other side towards, mm -hmm. towards the photographer because I've had this debate with other photographers. Some photographers believe that they should take, they should sort of construct and build the images beautifully and like literally like control every placement of every, you know, hand gesture, yeah. turn of the, whatever, and, and take very few really great, strong, composed, created photos. Whereas other photographers, snap, 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 and, and then just sort of hope that there's a really great picture in there somewhere. Which do you, as the model, enjoy more? I remember very clearly the moment when I realized that I'm the moving model and that I was only working with snap, snap, snap photographers until that moment when I came to this first shooting event and there were a lot of analog photographers. And they, all of them, were telling me why you are moving so much please stop please don't move i need to make sharpness and all this kind of stuff so i really took some time to learn that it's not always uh, the sign of professionalism when you're able to do a lot of poses in a short time like like they show on youtube there are a lot of videos about some supermodels who are able to do like 100 poses in one minute. So I was always dreaming about this, but later I also learned that it's not always necessary and more often it's necessary to be able to freeze, let's say. But for my personal preference, I wouldn't say that I don't like slow photographers at all. I also enjoy it. Uh, so as soon as I learned and as soon as I'm keeping it in mind that they need a little bit more time, it started to be a lot of fun as well. And I got a lot of really beautiful images with such a photographers. Well, and that also then lends to the question of sh how communicative should a photographer be in the booking process. So like, do photographers even say things like, I'm a, you know, I'm a slow photographer. I, I want you to be able to hold poses or I want you to be very active. I'm a snap, snap, snap photographer. Like, <laughs> you know, but even beyond that, like what would you like photographers to say or share with you or, or express to you in the process of the booking to make it so that the entire collaboration sort of works out as smoothly as you would like? Well, uh, definitely some photographers are saying that they are slow photographers, exactly in those words, actually. But it's not necessary to be said during the booking, because I'm pretty sure that for most of models, it, it's not an issue and it's not the reason to cancel the booking or to prepare the booking in the different way. So I don't mind if the photographer will say to me, already at the photo shoot that please don't move that much or please move as much as you can. What is necessary to be said during the booking is whether the photo shoot gonna be kind of uh, standard, regular, how to call it, 
in the regular location with the casual kind of way of posing or it's somehow a challenging photo shoot because sometimes you arrive to the photo shoot to realize that it's going to be outdoors and it's like minus five degrees this is definitely something that should be set in advance also like if the photographer expects the model to swim or to smoke or to interact with animals and all this kind of stuff it definitely have to be set in advance and the rest is basically just standards discussion like any other job it's necessary to discuss uh, rates if it's paid or if it's not paid and if it's paid how much it's paid and if it's paid on the photo shoot or the photographer plans to transfer you money after some time or in advance all those details have to be figured out in advance also the location the timing the outfits and if there will be some extra people at the photo shoot this is actually quite important especially if it's a nude photo shoot or essential photo shoot because most of the time most of models will not be really happy if they will found out when they are arrive at the photo shoot that they are going to be more than just one photographer or if he has the assistant especially the male assistant it's really like unsafe situation so it have to be discussed Speaking of that, have you been in any uh, sort of unsafe or, or uncomfortable situations and had to get yourself out of them? I wouldn't say I had any like really unsafe situations, but I had a few unpleasant situations. Let's call it this way. Like somehow, sometimes I felt that I was, for example, overused at the photo shoot. Like for example, when we we're planning to shoot something and then the photo shoot you realize that there is more of it or if it's i don't know if you plan to shoot portraits and at the photo shoot you realize that photographers wants to shoot nude portraits it's kind of let's say disappointing uh, i never had any troubles from the side of harassment or forcing me into doing something i don't want to do uh, so I would say I'm rather a lucky model, but there were a few situ a few photo shoots where there were like no chemistry, let's say. And I don't know, was it because I did something wrong or if I didn't, I don't know, read some signs from that photographer that he wanted me to do something else, which I am not doing or it's because the photographer just has this kind of personality which doesn't share any chemistry, like, I mean, artistic chemistry. So I had a few photo shoots where I was really looking forward to the end of the photo shoot, but not because of any harassment or whatever, just because I didn't found a good connection to the photographer and it was just like awkward. I totally understand. I've had experiences where the model and I just didn't click for whatever reason. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Social media. I have to say, so you have your personal profile on Instagram, but you also have your legs of um, yeah. profile as well. You have been very successful, it seems, in sort of utilizing social media to help mm -hmm. to publicize you. So does 
your time and energy that you're putting into social media, obviously before the coronavirus quarantining, yeah. uh, do, does it actually help you get more bookings? Like, do you see a, a, a relative sort of basically you're putting in marketing through Instagram in order to get more bookings? And does that work for you? It's actually hard to say because uh, so far, and I hope it will stay like that, I never had a problem with uh, having enough jobs. And I think at the beginning it was because I was a new face. So many people were approaching me because they never worked with me. They just found out that I appeared in Europe and that I am now available as a model. So I had this privilege to choose with whom I want to work. And later I had enough jobs because I was already known on Instagram and many people knew that I was working with some bigger names, with some more famous photographers. I did some exhibitions and so on and so on. So of course now I have it easier from some point because I have Instagram and I can basically just announce that I'm going to this or that city and I will find some bookings directly from this post. But also, it wasn't bad without Instagram as well. Okay, actually, you mentioned working with particular people and muses and stuff, and I've, I've got this fun sort of twist on the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Traditionally, the idea is an artist has their muse. So like, you know, a yeah. painter has their favorite subject. In this case, a photographer might have a model that they enjoy working with. Does this work the other way? So like as the model, do you have some muse that you enjoy working with that you feel you make the best uh, collaborative work with? Yeah, totally. I think it works like both ways. And I really probably even more than the photographer, but I couldn't say for sure. But me, definitely, I need to work with some photographers from time to time to kind of charge my own batteries and to look at myself with the eyes of this photographer to raise my modeling self-esteem. So I'm like a little bit addicted from the to the collaborations with a few photographers who are my friends since many years and who are doing my favorite pictures, my best pictures. And if I'm not seeing them for too long, I really lose a little bit of inspiration and a little bit of motivation in what I'm doing. You spoke about a little bit about your sort of uh, need for recharging and your, your self-confidence and stuff. I mean, this is one of those interesting things when it comes to specifically social media, but also just sort of the entire modeling industry across the board, which is that the public only sees the best. Like, so we see literally a curated life of yours. So your life looks magnificent. You travel, you get to go to exotic places, you look beautiful, you dress with beautiful clothing that somebody gives you. So, but what a lot of people don't understand is the the day-to-day -day workings of it. So like how much time do you have to put into the bookings, like the, 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 you know, doing the marketing and the social media and the planning of trips and the, all the sort of uh, business aesthetic stuff that goes into being a freelance traveling model. Well, unfortunately too much. I definitely prefer modeling over managing. <laughs> so 
I really dream about the day when I finally found someone doing all of it for me. But right now, booking and managing tickets, managing jobs, talking to people, uh, managing social media, it's, I would say, 70% of my actual job. So photo shoots is just a little part of it. And it's funny because it's like the part for what I'm paid, but still I have to do a lot of not directly paid preparations to get those jobs. But yeah, it's, it's really a lot. Social media takes a lot of time and talks to people. Uh, it's like, probably for me, it's the most, uh, I wouldn't say difficult, but it's the part of job that I procrastinate a lot. Because as you already might notice, I don't really like, and I'm not really feeling comfortable with online communication. So for me, it takes too much time when I have to discuss with photographer, when we're going to shoot, where we're going to shoot, what I'm going to wear, if I'm going to hire the makeup artist or if I'm going to do the makeup by myself. And during the photo, like photo tour, during the travel, it happens maybe 50 times, 50 dialogues of the same content. So 50 times I have to discuss where we're going to shoot, how and so on and so on. So basically, this is like the most complicated part of my job. And also, there is part of talks which are not going to finish with the photo shoot. So there are people who just want to talk and not always you can find whether it's potential client or it's just the person who just wants to talk to you. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've basically have become a very public figure. So like, I'm sure there are lots of people that want to talk to you. Oh, totally random. Like, have you ever had any sort of like stalker kind of person as such a, a public figure? Fortunately, only online. And to be honest, I'm a little bit like cautious to not go too public, uh, to be still able to live in my city, to go to the city center with friends and not being worried that something going to happen. That Because, you know, as a nude model, some of my followers are not necessarily the most gentleman people. <laughs> so sometimes I'm really worried what's going to happen if I meet some of my followers online. And actually it happened once uh, when I was in Singapore and I was recognized uh, by the guy who he just came to me. I was with my friends and he asked uh, if probably I'm an Instagram model. And I said, uh, well, yeah. And then, you know, I started to blush. It was like super nice that someone recognized me in Singapore. So we chat a little bit and then he went away and I came back to my friends. And later uh, in Instagram, uh, I accepted his um, message because you know, we already met online and he sent me some pictures he took with me. So it was super nice. In general, I talk a lot with my followers, with some of them. So we were already connected on Instagram and he started to send to me less and less appropriate messages. So it was like a little bit disappointing that the guy who really seemed absolutely normal in the real life, when he was back to internet, he turned into kind of a pervert. Hmm. I would imagine that that's a 
common thing among art models. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, sadly. I mean, because it's awkward for me because like, I'm a male photographer. And anytime I hire a female model, I always feel a little like I have to make amends for all of the perverts that are out there and be like super polite and overly professional to try to make sure that like I'm not giving the entire gender a bad reputation the way that some other people do. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Most of photographers, they are like extremely well-mannered and well-behaved. And that's why the modeling part of work is really super relaxed and easy and the social media is just something that you have to accept because this is just how the society is working it's always bigger percentage of crazy people who don't really think about you as a real person just about the internet concept who they can send whatever they want i have a big question that i've always wondered about which is the debate of sort of like credit slash money for photographs once they've been created. Because like when I was a younger photographer doing my art, not commercial work, so this is just artwork meant for galleries and this kind of stuff, uh, I actually had made deals with my models saying, I'll give you a percentage of sales, uh, you know, mm -hmm. I'd do a small edition run and all this kind of stuff. But these days with social media and the free-flowing sharing of digital images, how do you keep up with sort of like permissions and who's got rights to images and who doesn't and all this? I mean, maybe I'm just old-fashioned. I mean, does this stuff even matter anymore? Well, I think in general what matters is the purpose of the photo shoot. So if I shoot individually, privately with a photographer, let's say for his portfolio, then the only rule is to not sell those pictures to third parties. And uh, of course, I cannot control everyone. And basically, it's just the trust. And so far, I had no such situations when someone sold my pictures without me knowing about it and agreeing for that and the rest of it i don't really mind uh, appearing in different social media as long as it's not connected with uh, like erotic industry porn industry whatever then i don't really check where my pictures might appear actually uh, it's funny, I googled my name a couple of weeks ago and I found out that there are like fun clubs with my picture, uh, fun clubs, just one, <laughs> with my pictures that I never gave them. They just found it on my other pages on Facebook and Instagram and, well, I don't mind anymore. Well, that's the thing is, I mean, with the internet, I mean, while photographers want to keep control and copyright over their images and models want to control their public image, you know, kind of thing. So they don't mm -hmm. want horrible photos of them out or inappropriate photos of them out. I mean, there is only so much control we can have these days. Yeah, that's true. I only get a little bit stressed and nervous when I see my pictures, when they are named with uh, some other's name. Like if someone steals my pictures for Tinder, for example, or tags 
different model on Instagram over my picture. This is frustrating because, you know, it was my work. So I want to be credited. But if it's a picture of me and I'm not credited, I don't mind. I mean, if there is no one else under this picture credited, for me, it's not such a, such an issue. But of course, it's much nicer when people tag everyone who was taking part in making this picture properly. This is how it should be. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of great, good professional practices on how things should be, but it seems like, unfortunately, those are not the standard norm, yeah. uh, especially on social media. It's more uh, trying to take the take the credit for everything as individuals instead of crediting all the people involved. Yeah. And also as a model, I don't really face this situation when I'm not credited so often as on the opposite side. Very often when I post some pictures on Instagram, I see them later in different groups when I am tagged, but photographer is ignored or the designer or the makeup artist. And I really feel partly guilty in it, even though it wasn't my fault. But the fact that people are taking pictures from my page, but then ignoring everyone else, it's like a little bit frustrating. Oh, I have the same issue as a photographer where I'll, you know, the models will be like, oh, can you send me some of the photos? And I end up sending them the photos and mm -hmm. then they use them on social media and they don't tag the photographer. Yeah. And then, of course, the thing that of aggravates me from my side of this part, equation is is that then they people go oh the photo's so beautiful oh you did a beautiful job oh the yeah. everything the you know all this so like all the credit to the beautiful photo is being given to the model not to the photographer that's true but fortunately as much as i can see it's getting less and less of professional models who are not tagging other people it may happen to some kind of, I don't know, Instagram celebrities, bloggers, whatever. But if it's like a full-time model who tries to have a good reputation, usually models are tagging everyone. At least now it's turning more and more into this direction. Yeah, it, no, it is getting better for, for sure. But I do remember a time when it was yeah. not as common for, and, and as, the, as it should be. All right. I want to shift uh, topics a little bit. Um, I'm not a model, never been a model, so I'm going to ask you sort of modely based things, if you don't mind. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. The the the, th the one big question I always have is, how stressful is it really to have to maintain the, for lack of a better word, the like the facade, the 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 you know, your weight, your shape, your skin complexion, like even your hair, like you've got to keep your, you have to put so much maintenance into keeping you yourself, not even, not even like necessarily like looking beautiful, but looking the same because people have gotten sort of ex expecting you to be a certain thing and look a certain way. Like I imagine that that is very stressful. Actually, it's not because it's just the part of your everyday lifestyle and the part of your identity, I would say. Uh, also, probably most of models are the people who don't really have that big problems with keeping at least the same look. I mean, not gaining weight or not losing weight 
rapidly. So many of models, I wouldn't say I am like that, but probably from some perspective as well, but those are a little bit winners of genetic lottery. So I know a lot of friends of mine who can eat whatever they want and still remain beautiful and thin without any exercises and so on and so on. Uh, so from this side, it's not really that much of an effort. It's more like the knowledge you have to gain, you have to read or to watch a lot of YouTube influencers to know what works good for your skin, for your body, for your health, and what is not. And actually, this is something for what I'm really grateful to the fact that I became a model because uh, five years ago, I wasn't really considering myself a person who is anyhow beautiful. I had no idea about what fits me, about what looks good on me, about makeup, about hair, about self-care, about healthy lifestyle. All of it came basically because I started to do modeling and I started to think how to keep myself in a good shape. So as soon as you gain that knowledge, it's not a big issue anymore. It's just a question of a little bit of discipline, but again, not that much of discipline as some people can imagine. Yeah, I imagine a lot of anxiety of like, oh my gosh, I've got a pimple or oh my gosh, I've gained a kilo, like, like a lot of that kind of stuff, mostly because I'm sure I simply hear about it in media and social media. So I just assume that that's everybody's. Well, I wouldn't say that this is the point of anxiety. I would say it's more about, or you see so many girls on Instagram who are more beautiful than you and it's anxiety of concurrence and anxiety of getting older when other girls are constantly 18. You know, every day there is another new famous Insta influencer who is 16 or 18 or whatever, and she's absolutely perfect. So this is much more complicated point that you cannot really fix with a healthy lifestyle. Which makes me think about like, so modeling to a certain extent has a, a timeline, like it, theoretically, while there are models that can do it throughout their entire lives, most models are, uh, have to grow into some other profession. So what do you expect to your next profession to be? What's going to be the next transition of your life? This is probably the most popular question that everyone asks to models and probably to any I don't know, social media performer, performers. Uh, the point is I became a model already kind of relatively late. I was already working as a tour guide. And before that, I also tried different professions. I was working as a copywriter. I was drawing portraits. I was like um, working in entertainment industry, like hosting concerts and this kind of stuff. So I was never worried about changing from one job to another. So I'm pretty sure if I get tired of modeling or if photo industry will get tired of me, the transition will happen in a natural way. So I'm not searching for a new uh, occupation right now in this kind of um, stressed way. I'm just waiting what's going to happen next. 
maintaining all of my abilities, all of my hobbies, uh, to just have fun from as many things as possible. But I think that right now, if uh, not focusing that much on modeling, I will be going more into social media performing, like blogging, influencing, whatever, because um, it still works and it's going to work for probably longer than modeling. So there is no end line for the age or for the years of experience if you are just entertainer in the internet. So probably it will be that, uh, but I'm not sure. Probably I will also do something else. It's any creative field which is open for me. Well, just to be clear, do you have income from your social media? Well, if we count Patreon, yes. The rest is basically I was, was not counting Patreon. Yeah, sometimes I do paid advertisements, but not so much because I'm not really focused on that right now. So I cannot make my living right now from paid posts on Instagram, let's say. But as I saw the interest in it, I know that it would be possible if I would like to focus on this. Okay. I'm just wondering, like, I've, you know, the, that whole sort of stratosphere of people doing that kind of stuff on mm -hmm. social media is out of my realm of knowledge. Like, I don't understand it. I mean, I get it from a marketing and public relations nature, but I just can't imagine being that much in the public eye in the way that you are. Mm -hmm. So I think we, this has been absolutely lovely. And thank you very okay. much for your time. Thanks a lot. It was really fun. And I, I enjoyed my first podcast a lot. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>